um, we have this scene, this heavenly scene on our minds this morning where we, with all the saints, will be gathered around the throne, gathered around the Lord, singing his praises. And there's something about that scene that can seem out of reach, almost seem fantastic and hard to believe. And I would say the hardest part sometimes for me to believe is the fact that I will be like him or that you and I will be transformed into his likeness. We will be glorious in a way, not that we will be the center of attention, but that we will be blameless before him, that we will be in clothes of unsullied white is what we were singing earlier. It seems impossible to me when I know my own weaknesses and when I look around at those around me, sometimes it can seem impossible to think that person will be pure, that person will be glorified, and it can seem impossible. But then I'm reminded that we serve a God who does the impossible. In fact, our whole faith rests on impossible things. And I just wanted to look quickly at three places where we see that we worship a God who does the impossible. First, in Genesis chapter 18, our whole faith rests on an impossible birth. And our spiritual life rests on the fact that we have been impossibly born again. And God sets the paradigm in chapter 18 of Genesis when we see the Lord promising the birth of a son that was, at least in all human terms, impossible. So in Genesis 18, um, the Lord comes to Abraham. <clears throat> he appears to him and says in verse 9, these are those three visitors. They said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, she's in the tent. The Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years. The way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I'm worn out and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, no, but you did laugh. And so here, when Sarah hears the promise of this son being born, she can't do anything but laugh. There's a sense in which it almost sounds too wonderful 
too incredible to believe. But this is God showing us that nothing is impossible for him. Now, if you can flip over to the New Testament, Luke chapter 1. Luke 1, as the angel Gabriel appears to Mary, speaking to her of the coming birth of the Lord Jesus. I won't read the entire passage, but it's a beautiful scene as the angel tells her in verse 30, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be? Since I do not know a man. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And so there, once again, we can see that God is making it clear that whatever looks impossible to us is possible with him. In fact, he loves to work in ways that seem impossible according to human reasoning. In Sarah's case, the wife, the woman, could contribute nothing to this birth. In Mary's case, the man will contribute nothing. But God, in both cases, is showing that he does what seems impossible. And one of the reasons we have this given to us is because we need to embrace that God of the impossible as we walk a life of faith, according to our gospel confession. So if you look lastly at John 3, where the Lord Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus, you know, we had that beautiful song we just sang, what was it, blessed God, led thee to send thy son, to give thy son. And that reminds us of that famous verse in John 3.16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. But earlier, he was telling Nicodemus about the need to be spiritually born, to be born from above, to be born again. Verse 3 of chapter 3, Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. 
and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And then Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? In all three of these instances, those who were told about this impossible birth responded with some sort of question, some sort of doubt. And so this morning, as the Lord has this idea before us that one day we will be perfected in the presence of God, we who have confessed the Lord Jesus as Lord and have fallen on him and cast ourselves on him for salvation, who have taken the gospel word into our heart as our truest hope, one day we will be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And if that seems impossible to you this morning, we can embrace it in faith because we serve a God who does the impossible. He brought the son, the promised son, to Sarah and Abraham in their old age. He brought the Lord Jesus into this scene in a miraculous way to the Virgin Mary. And for each believer, he has quickened you. He has regenerated you. He has caused you to be born again by the power of his word and his spirit. And we can have faith. That what, the work that he has begun, he will bring it to completion. You know, look beside you at the people around you. If they have confessed the Lord Jesus as Savior. You know, C.S. Lewis had a line that says, if you know someone who is a believer, one day they will be glorified to the point that if you saw them now, you would be tempted to fall down in worship. They will be purified in robes of white, so glistening that it would almost be hard to look at them. Do we really believe that? Do we really believe that God is going to take people like us and turn us into the kind of being that can be in the presence of a holy God, giving praise and worship forever and ever? If you, that seems hard to believe, we need to embrace it in faith and to live a life worthy of that calling that we've received to the glory of our God and Father. Amen. 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 Amen.